I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm super, super excited to have my next incredibly inspiring uh, founder, um, entrepreneur, uh, total badass on the podcast today. So we have Wendy Zomner, who is the founder of a brand called Cali Ray. And you may know her name. Uh, you'll definitely know her brand. Uh, she was uh, way way back, not too far back, but in the pretty far in, back, pretty far back <laughs> in the beauty industry, she had she co-founded a brand called Urban Decay. And if you haven't heard of Urban Decay, you should just not listen to the rest of this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, no, definitely an incredible, incredible brand that she co-founded. And now she is uh, founding another brand, a terrific new brand, a new brand in the clean makeup industry. And it's just a great company filled with great products as well that are super clean, super high quality. And like many entrepreneurs that I've had on the podcast, Wendy's journey is an unconventional one. Uh, she had worked in advertising and in the fitness industry and then co-founded that great brand I just mentioned, Urban Decay. Uh, and then this year, she co-founded her company, Callie Ray, and she wants to bring simple outdoor makeup look um, of Laguna Beach, uh, Newport Beach, where she is, uh, as well to everyone in the country. And I'm so excited to hear her story. So thank you, Wendy, for coming on. Thanks for having me, Kara. Very excited. So tell me a little bit about you as, uh, I always start with the beginning because I always feel like, you know, when you were just getting started, did you know you were going to be founding two beauty brands and doing what you're doing today? I had no idea. I did know when I was little that I wanted to make something like that was like a sort of thing I liked to do as a kid. I loved like making usually horrible looking like jewelry out of plastic straws, things out of yarn, popsicle. And I was like, I would also ask my mom, like, okay, do you think I could sell this? And she's just like, no, <laughs> um, not, it's not to put me down, but just, you know, she's a realist. And, um, but I think I always had that in me to make something. And then I always watched my dad. He, you know, he worked for a defense contractor. He's a, you know, a relatively successful guy. Um, and, but he, I always remembered that he wanted, he was, he loved racquetball and he wanted to open a racquetball club. And, and I just watched him sort of like talk about it and go down the path that way and never really do it. And I think I always thought he'd just be so much happier if he'd just do that. But I think, you know, he's a guy with three kids and I think it, it's hard to take those risks, right? So you have all this responsibility. And so 
you know, I admire him a lot for making that selfless choice to really think about the stability for his family. Um, but I did know like, like that would have made him happier. And so I felt like I always had that in me a little bit. And, um, when I went to work for big ad agencies, you know, I would remember like riding up the elevator thinking, wow, I'm going to go sit in my gray cubicle now, you know? So I knew that that was it. That was great training, like amazing training. It taught me how to be in business. It taught me so many things about presentations and pitching. And I just knew that it wasn't going to be a long-term end game for me. What was the point when you decided that you were going to start your own company? Well, I mean, I met Sandy Lerner. I'm going to back up two more steps, though, because my mom gave me a makeup kit. Mm -hmm. It was like the first iteration of Calvin Klein makeup, and it was this giant box of makeup. And I remember thinking, this is the best Christmas present I ever got. And I would pull pages out of magazines when we used to have magazines, and I'd tape them to my mirror, and I would recreate all of the looks Mm -hmm. that you see in, like, different magazines. And I remember, like, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, and um, I got home, sent home from school in eighth grade for wearing too much makeup. And do you know how much makeup you got to have on to get sent home from school in Texas? Like, a lot. So I really always loved that self-expression and, uh, like, you know, creating a new you with your face, with your own face, like this whole like mirror to the world thing you could do. And so for me, it wasn't about covering up blemishes. It was really about this self-expression. So, um, the, I think that whole entrepreneur thing with my dad and then the makeup gift from my mom, um, you know, and I always loved watching her put her makeup on. So I think those two things sort of combined and I didn't know I was going to be a beauty entrepreneur to ask, to really answer the question you just asked. I, I ended up meeting a brilliant woman named Sandy Lerner and Urban Decay was her idea. I mean, she had like, she started Cisco Systems. You want to talk about the ultimate female entrepreneur? I mean, this was my mentor, right? I would have never in a million years imagined that I could be part of something that broke the beauty industry, mm-hmm. right? Like we went and broke down like back. You got to think back to the mid 90s. And basically you shop for prestige makeup at department stores. And that makeup was nice and beautifully packaged and all of that, but it was pretty dull in terms of color. It wasn't a lot of color. And then there was the drugstore, which had a lot of color, but at that time in the mid nineties, it wasn't very good quality. So we wanted to like marry this great quality makeup with um, fun color. Mm -hmm. And that was really the impetus for it. And I give Sandy so much credit for, you know, having been there already in the tech industry as a woman going, well, I broke tech. Why can't I break beauty? And bringing me along for the ride taught me so much. How did you meet her? So it was the, my best friend, I was living in Chicago, is my best friend who I had met through her best friend in a yoga class, in an aerobics class that I was teaching. Um, It was her ex-fiance's business manager, right? (laughs) It goes to show you like, never make you never know like connections you make you never know so that that is so wild so what year was this at like when Irvin Decay really started this was 1995 wow 
So we, I met Sandy in 1995 and we sold our first product in 1996, which couldn't, the turnaround could never happen today. Yeah. We made it happen fast. That is so wild. So, and what do you think was the hardest thing? I mean, obviously there wasn't Sephora, right? I mean, how did you get your product out there? So this is a story in being resourceful. Like if you ask me like, what's the number one attribute you need to cultivate as an entrepreneur, it would be resourcefulness. So we had this idea for a product and a brand. I'm living in Laguna Beach with my boyfriend in this little beach shack. And his friend was a swimsuit rep and he had been out surfing and he had meetings to go to. So he calls me and he says, Wendy, can I come by and use your shower before my meetings? And I was like, sure. You know, I'm working at home, working on this kooky Urban Decay thing. And he's in my shower and I realized, oh my God, he's got every Nordstrom buyer on a list in his bag right there. And I just took a peek and I might have just written down a few numbers off that list and put it right back where I found it. And then when he left, I started calling people and I got the swimsuit buyers to give me the name of the cosmetics buyers. So then I had a direct line and I just started calling people. And one of the buyers in, in the San Diego region picked up her phone. Her name was Kimberly Heathman. And she said, well, I'm going on vacation uh, for two weeks, but uh, I'll be here until tomorrow. So you can come by. And so I was like, okay, I, you know, cleaned up all my samples. I drove down to San Diego and I gave her a pitch. And I thought it was going to be like the ad industry where you got to like go pitch the client and then go back again with changes and pitch, pitch, pitch. She pulls out an order form and starts writing. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to fulfill this? Right. So that was really the start of it. That is wild. And so you were eventually acquired in 2012 by L'Oreal. So that is uh, for all entrepreneurs out there who think, you know, they're going to start a company in a few years. It's just, you know, going to get acquired. I always say it always takes much longer. Uh, I'm even surprised to hear that Urban Decay came out in 96 because I, I would have guessed it in the 2000s. I think when I first heard about it, maybe I saw it. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have heard about it till the 2000s. And it's like, it's kind of a little bit of what, you know, we had quickly touched on, which was, you know, we did have to break down all these barriers. There wasn't Sephora. So I had to go to department stores. I didn't have the infrastructure that the big brands had, and there was no roadmap to success. So we made a ton of mistakes. Mm -hmm. There wasn't anyone else doing this. And so what I love to give myself credit for is breaking down all the barriers and paving the road for all of these beauty entrepreneurs to be able to like follow that same path and have success a lot more quickly. Um, and, you know, be able to be participate in the beauty industry. And I really feel like Urban Decay helped democratize beauty. And before it was very aspirational, it was very much like, okay, these, you know, corporate people are going to hire a model and she's going to be white and blonde, even featured and thin. And she, you are going to aspire to look like her. And we're going to sell you products that make you wish you looked like her. And maybe if you use them, you might just look a little bit more like her. So it was this aspirational model. And we really took that and turned it on its head. In between Sephora, the rise of social media, 
and us saying your face is a canvas. It's not about looking like her. It's about expressing yourself. We really did do this whole thing about democratizing beauty. And along the way, like I said, open the door for every other beauty entrepreneur to have their piece of the pie, which I'm thrilled about that the beauty landscape looks so different than it did in the mid nineties when most of us did not see ourselves in magazines or, you know, you know, our body shapes, our types, most of us are not supermodels. Um, but we are all beautiful. So Mm -hmm. I just really felt like we helped change the world that way. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including 
the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell, or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. This episode of the Kara Golden Show is sponsored by Wix. We always want to put our best foot forward, and that means making sure that your website is where it needs to be. We all know that first impressions are everything, and making sure that your brand's website looks and works terrific is so key. When I'm visiting a website, I want to see that the site looks great and is easy to use. A bad website can really hurt a business, so it's so key to focus on making yours the best it can possibly be. That's where Wix comes in. Wix is the leading drag-and-drop website creation platform where you can build professional websites easily and quickly. Wix is the do-it-yourself for websites. Easily create a great website without the agency price tag and with no coding background required. Whether you are looking to create a website for your business, side hustle, or simply want to elevate your personal brand, Wix is the answer and can help you build the site that you will be proud of. Wix works great with all the tools you'll need to stand apart for SEO and payment solutions to boot. Want to get started? Head over to Wix.com and create your website today. That's Wix.com to join over 200 million people already using Wix by heading to Wix.com to create your website today. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check them out at BetterHelp.com slash Kara Golden. The new year is finally in full swing, and if you're anything like me, you are working hard to keep up with those New Year's resolutions. I'm continuing my exercise regime, attempting to get more sleep, too, and making sure that I'm investing in my health. We all want to rock it this year, especially after the crazy couple of years that we've all had. But is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp can connect you with a licensed professional counselor quickly and easily in a safe, private, online space. 
BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's professional counseling done securely online, and it is available worldwide. You can connect with a therapist in under 48 hours and send a message at any time of the day. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's affordable, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in anything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Kara Golden Show listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Kara Golden. That's BetterHelp.com slash Kara Golden with an I. How did you get the word out about your product when you first started? I mean, you were trying to get distribution, but I, I mean, nobody called them influencers, right? You right. Have, well, no I one mean, called them influencers, but we did. I did what I call like the the earliest form of social media. I threw, you know, a friend of a friend met these young women in New York who were kind of the it girls, the party girls, and I would send them boxes of product and some cash. And they would basically go out and like hand the product out to their cool influence tastemaker friends. Smart. Um, so between that and and then I would go to the hardware store and I was like, you know, I know these people are getting like press release after press release. I can only imagine what editors were getting um, on their desks every day. They all look the same. And I certainly can't compete with these sort of elevated, beautiful things. So what can I go like make that's going to be crazy and kooky. And I remember going to the hardware store and making press kits out of like aluminum flashing and caution tape and sending them to New York and just looking on the masthead and calling people and going, will you meet with me? And being able to like weasel my way into Condé Nast and, you know, pitch, 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 sell, 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 and get people to cover us. And that's really how we got it started was through, you know, just like boots on the ground press. And, um, you know, cause I didn't know that like PR firms existed. So boots on the ground press and these like trying to find my own kind of influencers. I love it. So did you ever hear, no, we're not really interested. You're, you know, th- this is, this is, uh, we, nobody, you're not, a big enough brand? Uh, did you feel like y- you had walls put up in front of you? And how did you get over those times? Well, I felt like, um, you know, from a press standpoint, they were fortunately kind of craving something new. Mm-hmm. We were never going to get a big feature, like, uh, you know, one of the big brands we're going to get. But we might get something on a like beauty roundup page or something that like featured the latest, greatest new shades. We might, you know, like black is the new nail polish shade. So like, let's show you a page of black nail polish. We might make it to that. So I was just hustling for whatever little bit of press we could get. And so I felt like I didn't really get told no that much. I, I mean, we, I got us into Vogue. So, you know, and who would have thought a brand called Urban Decay would have made it into Vogue? I love it. That's so great. So this last year, you started a brand called Cali Ray. And so tell us a little bit about that. What inspired you to decide that the world needed a new brand, um, a different brand to share a little bit about that? Yeah, well, you know, number one, I'm a little older and wiser, just looking at the world a little differently. Um, 
And a couple of things happened. One, I was, I think we opened like 60 countries with Urban Decay. And I was traveling all over the world doing press trips and opening these markets for Urban, which was really exciting. And the thing I would get asked about a lot was California. And, you know, do you surf? Do you drink kale smoothies? Do you do yoga every day? Like I would get all these questions about like, is everyone an entrepreneur? And I don't think it was about like everyone wanted to move there, but I think there's this sort of like archetypal, like idea of like freedom and carefree that really resonates with people no matter where they live. And I think they wanted to understand that a little more. And so I was like, hmm, this is really interesting that this really resonates with people. The other thing that happened was I went on this amazing surf trip with my family We were surfing by ourselves on this beautiful little wave off this gorgeous island. And, um, you know, I'd been surfing for like three hours, a little tired. I paddle in and I decide I'm going to sit on this island until we're ready to, to leave. And I get to the island and it's covered on the interior of the island in plastic trash. And so I just said to myself, oh my God, this, this is terrible and I felt like I had been a giant offender in the beauty space of creating plastic trash. And I thought, well, what could I do? So between the sort of like California stuff in my head and this idea that as an, you know, as I was getting older and I started to have children, like I wanted everything for them to be clean. I built a house that was non-off gassing and clean. I made the Urban Decay offices when I built them. I made sure the workstations were made out of this particle board that was non-off-gassing formaldehyde, no off-gassing formaldehyde rugs. Like everything was super clean. And um, Urban was one of the first brands to take parabens out of their products. We didn't get credit for it at the time, but clean was starting to be a bigger and bigger idea. So I wanted to create something that was, that embraced this like, the like kooky, Cali weirdness and fun, clean and sustainable. So it doesn't sound like, like, oh, every brand's clean now. It's easier to be clean now than it was, but it's not easy. And being sustainable in a big way is really difficult. But we made a mascara and the tube is 100% upcycled ocean plastic. It's amazing. And we decorated it so that it can be recycled again. And we have a recycling partner because, you know, Unlike your packaging, our packaging is too small to go into the curbside recycling stream, which is why beauty packaging is so detrimental. All of that little tiny plastic is a problem. Mm-hmm. Bigger plastic is not such a big, you know, it's a, it's a problem, but, you know, it's it, there's a solvable solution in place that people are working towards. So we had to find a recycling partner that could take all of our little beauty packages and put them back into the recycling stream. So there's a lot of things to be done in this space. And we just felt like clean beauty is awesome. And there's a lot of people doing it, which I think is great to have a lot of choices for the customer. Um, And we just felt like there was something missing though. A lot of times clean beauty tends to be a little quiet. And as you know, with Urban, our brand is kind of kooky and loud. And I just still wanted that for Cali Ray. I wanted it to be like, fun. And I wanted you to just kind of, you know, go into this like fun portal that brought you that transported you to the West Coast, no matter how you wanted to experience it. I love it. What is the number one Cali Ray product? Well, Kara, we only have two products right now. So more to come. But uh, we just launched with a mascara and uh, three shades of eye pencil. So 
I love the it. The other thing that's a little different about ours is that we made these super high performance. A lot of times, like a clean mascara is something that doesn't really last all day or give great volume. And ours is a uh, clean tubing mascara, which means you can fall in the pool, you can cry, you can get rained on. You can just have oily eyelids and you will have zero smudges at the end of the day. So I like to say it's a zero smudge formula. It, it's great. And your pencils are awesome. You sent me some that were so yeah. good and they're soft. Um, they don't rip your eyelid apart uh, when you're putting them on either. So they're, they're really, really terrific. So, well, this is so exciting that you, you know, decided to, why did you start with eyes? I'm so curious. Well, I feel like that's an area where I'm the most, have the most expertise is eyes. That's what Urban's really known for is its shadows and its palettes and its 24 seven pencils. And so I wanted to start with that. And I also felt like these were products that almost every woman uses, mm-hmm. right? So I wanted to tap into, you know, everyone pretty much uses mascara and I wanted to make the number one complaint I would always hear is like, oh, I hate it when my mascara smudges on my lower lids at the end of the day. So I really wanted it to be something that people could wear and feel like, okay, I have this clean formula, it's in this great sustainable package, and I'm not going to have smudges, I'm going to have a great result. And the same thing with the pencil, I feel like most people do something with an eyeliner in either a small way or a big way every single day, Um, even if it's just a little smudgy line on the top of your lid. And so I felt like um, pencils would be another, you know, kind of one two punch for people. Beyond the packaging, I totally agree, and that and the cleanliness of of what's inside uh, as well um, for for clean beauty. What do you think are the biggest changes as you know the Gen Z generation is coming up? Obviously, they're the ones that are uh, they're huge makeup consumers as well as millennials. And and uh, but what do you see as like the biggest trend right now? I think for Gen Z, the biggest trend is transparency mm-hmm. and, and being, you know, having a point of view and a cause. Like, I think that the days are over of being able to not be completely transparent with your customer. I think they're demanding it. They want to know and they have the internet and they're good at it and they can dig up a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They can go in and, and they're willing to be little sleuths and uncover truths. So you might as well just be straight up with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have two Gen Zers myself. So I kind of understand them, right? I, at least I feel like I do. Um, I mean, it doesn't mean I want to watch TikTok all day like they do, but I do understand like what they're driving towards and what is important to them. So, um, you know, we really just try to be really transparent. Like on the mascara, we'll tell you, the tube and the stem of the of the mascara are the 100% ocean plastic. We did make the brush out of nylon fibers. I tried a castor seed oil brush. I couldn't get it to work. I'm still working on it. And I'm going to try to make the brush more sustainable, but I haven't done it yet. And that's all I mean. It's like, I don't think anyone's expecting perfection. Mm-hmm. They're just expecting truth and transparency. Well, and I think also being able, I mean, here's a, here's another thing that I think is, is also the case is that if you're able, you need to do your 
homework as as a CEO and as a founder and be able to speak to it. So you don't have to have all the answers to it. But I think gone are the days where you can say, oh, that's someone else's department, right? You really have to be able to speak to kind of where the company is going. And and it might not be perfect, but here's what you've learned. And uh, so I think that's absolutely right. That's the I have a few Gen Zers in my house as well, and I think that it's uh, it's very much the case that you have to be able to speak to it. And um, and I really do believe that. Look, I think beauty has changed so much, and even through wearing masks, somebody reminded me that lipstick was always who was it that uh, Chanel had always said like nothing changes um, during any. Uh, crisis in in the world, everyone will always, you know, wear lipstick. Well, when everyone's wearing masks, I actually think that was, I actually think it was Leonard Lauder. Or it was Leonard. Okay. So uh, that that's, um, you know, wasn't really the case as as much during this time. Although I, I know I bought plenty of lipsticks along the way, but it's, um, it's definitely a uh, there's there's lots of changes in the beauty industry for sure, and I think that the more natural, the more you know, looking at your own characteristics and and your own face versus trying to match someone else's your your own individual you right is is really important. So, uh, but I think ingredients and things like that are are much more important than they were. I also just think that the story right. I think that storytelling is is such a big. Uh, piece of brands today. What are your thoughts on that? So I have always been a big believer in storytelling. And I do think, you know, the seeds of Urban Decay really did start this trend of, you know, self-expression and, and being yourself, right? And, and not trying to conform your face to someone else. Um, And I think the storytelling has always been part of what we did as that brand. And I think it's becoming more and more important as part of brands. Like people want to know the backstory. Like people are fascinated with your story. Like you gave up diet soda to like, and created this amazing brand, um, because of your own personal experience. And I think, you know, I had a personal experience when I was 16, it, that indirectly led me to this point of view on makeup, which was, you know, I was coming out of church and, and the, you know, pastor is like, oh, you know, you've got so much makeup on. I just hate it when you hide behind that mask of makeup. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not hiding at all. I'm showing you who I am. I'm like being really clear with you. And I remember having that thought. And I think um, that's what we we need to be doing with brands is like telling the backstory and also telling the story of each product through the product, through every single little thing you do with the product. I think there's... Um, there's ways to tell the story and, and bringing people into your brand, whether it's influencers, employees, whatever, and like having them be part of the story too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that makes so much sense. So you founded two brands. What, what do you think are the biggest lessons that you learned from your journey and that you're doing things differently this go around? Yeah. So I would say the first big lesson, and I've been telling people this for years because I realized it really early on. I just thought, oh my gosh, if I just create this amazing creative product and I've got some people to sell it, it's just like, 
I didn't understand how important finance and operations were, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just thought, oh, I'm a creative person. It's a creative business. We have this great product. We have this great brand. People love it. And the fact is it's a business. And so I think a lot of times people in creative fields sometimes forget that you really need to remember that like cash flow is super important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've got to be able to like, it looks like you're successful on paper and yet there's nothing in your bank account. Like, how is that possible? Right. I needed to understand that. And I know that seems like a baby step lesson, but if someone's listening, who is really just getting off the ground, I, I highly encourage you to have a backstop or a partner in your business. That's willing to really take on that role of watching how things operate, planning, forecasting, making, making responsible business decisions, Mm -hmm. in addition to all of those awesome creative branding decisions you have to make. Um, so that's number one. And I think number two, uh, as I go into, you know, round two of my, you know, beauty career, um, and I did that, I brought in people who are more senior than I would have the first time around, right? I'm less intimidated. So I would tell people always hire the most senior person you can afford, or maybe can't even afford because they are worth their weight in gold. If they're a good fit versus bringing on, you know, someone at the beginning, you think like, Oh, I'm on a budget. It'd be better if I just had a bunch of little junior people, like, bodies to get stuff done, but you're actually better off, I think, hiring at a more senior level and really having that experience to make good decisions from the beginning that are going to set you up for success. So, so true. So what are you raising money on this go around? No, no, no. We, uh, we have some friends and family that wanted to be a part of it, but it's, uh, it's a passion project and, um, we definitely are building a brand but just trying to do it uh, grassroots. I love it. That's so great. So how about supply chain? How do you feel that that's like the hot topic of (laughs) the hot topic, the world topic? Well, I can walk out my front door and count the ships that um, are sitting waiting to get in in San Pedro and the LA ports. Um, So I do visually understand how big the supply chain issue is. Fortunately, we started planning this a long time ago, and we did anticipate that we might have problems. Um, And so we placed POs very early, way earlier than we thought we needed to, which was hard, right? Because sometimes you got to, you know, it costs you money to place that PO right off the bat. Um, And we just decided to bite the bullet and do it early. Um, I will tell you, it's still the deliveries are still way later than I thought they'd be even placing them early. So it's just about planning ahead. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. So many important lessons here. And where do people find you and also Cali Ray? Where's the best place for people to pick up some of the great eye products that you have now? And you said more coming later. More, yeah, more products are coming. I'm really excited about what is to come in the next couple of months. Um, right now, you can buy all of our products on calirebeauty.com, but you can also, this is hot off the press. You are the first person to hear it um, from me, but uh, sephora.com. So oh, you'll be able to pick it up at sephora.com. That's so great. I'm I'm very, very excited to to hear 
that. And uh, I love walking into Sephora. They're so terrific. So, well, thank you, Wendy. And you have a great Instagram uh, account as well. So everybody uh, definitely follow Wendy. um, And uh, you have a personal one as well as Callie Reyes. I do. So we have one that's just Callie Ray, and then mine is Wendy Zomner. Yeah, it's, they're both really, really great. So, well, thank you again, and thanks, thanks everybody for having for, me. Yeah, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, definitely, uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the Kara Golden Show, we're here every Monday and Wednesday with amazing stories from founders and CEOs and amazing brands. Uh, Definitely subscribe on Apple or Spotify or your favorite podcast. And if you haven't picked up a copy of my book that came out, I can't even believe it, a year ago, uh, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, it's really is about the journey of building a hint and so much more and kind of being able to figure out how to move forward, get through challenging times, and definitely pick up a case of Hint or a bottle of Hint at your local store if uh, you haven't tried it or if you're just thirsty as well. And please follow me on all social channels at Kara Golden. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, But achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.